Carlsberg is a very traditional company. I mean, we make liquid in a bottle. This is Sarah Haywood. She's the CIO at Carlsberg Group, a Danish brewing company that's over 170 years old. It's a very traditional process. The brewing process sticks to, you know, heritage approach that has been used for centuries to brew beer. But Carlsberg infuses that traditional brewing process with science. And they do that in this place called the Carlsberg Research Laboratory. The lab is in this stately red brick building on a cobblestone street in Copenhagen. So the laboratory, it it is run by scientists. This is a research facility where we have teams of people working on a hypothesis, a thesis, so exploring ingredients, different types of yeast formulation. They're testing hypotheses, publishing research papers, the whole deal. And some seriously important scientific discoveries have happened in that lab, like the pH scale was invented there in 1909. The research laboratory has this strong heritage of, from a scientific standpoint, really pushing boundaries. So inside this magical beer lab, there are these giant stainless steel vats filled with malt and water. And all those ingredients get boiled up with hops, then fermented with yeast at a controlled temperature for a certain amount of time. And these variables determine which kind of beer you end up with. More malt means a darker beer. Longer fermentation equals more alcohol and a potentially drier taste. All of this ends up finally in a keg at a bar where you watch the bartender pull a pint and set the glass in front of you. A product of art and science alike. But what if we told you that the beer foaming in front of you wasn't just made with age-old brewing techniques? What if we told you that brewing can also happen in the cloud? Technology is yet another vehicle by which, as a company, we can reinvent ourselves and reimagine the role of Carlsberg in brewing. I'm Elise Hugh. And I'm Josh Klein. And this is Built for Change, a podcast from Accenture. So I feel like a lot of people have misconceptions about what the cloud actually is. Well, it's because it's called the cloud, Mm -hmm. right? It sounds like something that doesn't exist in physical space that, you know, when you store something in the cloud, it's just stored in air. Yep. Like it's in some sort of extra dimensional pocket. Yeah. And the term the cloud is thrown around a lot, not just by consumers, but also in businesses today. And I don't think people really know what that is. I mean, you might automatically think of data storage because that's how it started. Yeah, but it's more than just storing my photos, right? Mm. The cloud can do a lot of things that power our daily modern lives. It can even make brewing beer faster, more precise and more personalized. And the truth is, businesses are underutilizing cloud technology. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how the cloud has evolved. And we'll talk to a company whose cloud journey has paid dividends for their business, for their customers, and for the brewers who bring those frosty beverages to life. I don't think uh, there is an official transcript of who named it cloud and what was the reason behind the name cloud. But the story goes something like this. This is Karthik Narain. He leads Accenture Cloud First, where he helps businesses take full advantage of all that cloud can do. When internet came into existence, people represented internet pictorially by a collection of various computers connected through a network. And that pictorial representation started becoming a cloud. 
Simply put, the early internet was what set us on the path toward what we know today as the cloud. The internet was anything you could access over a network that was not stored on your local hard drive. And with that connection, you could share information between computers. But back then, the internet was slow, and it was not nearly as easy to access as it is today. So for many people and businesses, it made more sense to store data locally, either in a file cabinet or in a digital file on a server in a closet. I think from there, the next biggest jump was in 2006, when storage for enterprise businesses, which was traditionally happening in data centers, was offered as a service. Storage as a service. So in the mid-2000s, most big companies literally had warehouses full of servers that they either owned or rented to store all of their data. But by, quote, migrating to the cloud, businesses could move all their data to a cloud provider storage. They could still access it anytime over the internet. They would free up physical space in the office and get rid of that clunky server equipment. That was the advent of cloud. And as internet speeds increased and access to the internet became more widespread in the late 2000s and early 2010s, there was another big shift. The beginning of smartphone era. With a smartphone, you access the cloud anywhere, anytime. These experiences could be accessed not from your offices or from your home computers, but these experiences could be accessed from anywhere on the go. And as we used our smartphones for more complicated tasks, that meant we needed bigger, better ways for those services to run. So tech companies started providing more industrial strength in the cloud. They started providing the entire infrastructure stack, which is network and compute and all the other layers of infrastructure as a service. In order to play a mobile game online, use a real-time navigation app or stream a movie, phones can use the cloud. In this case, the cloud can store and process content for you and deliver it right when you need it. Your device doesn't even need to download the file. So if I have my own video streaming business, maybe I create an algorithm that predicts which videos people who use my app might want to watch next. That AI capability is programmed into the cloud, too. Now, from there, we are entering an era where cloud is moving to a cloud continuum, where all of those services that we are used to running on a shared central cloud data center can now be available within your own data center as a private cloud. Now, a business could basically build out a private cloud and all that comes with it. Storage, computing power, network connections, still being run and managed by one of these big cloud providers. Think like leasing a walled-off garden of cloud compute within the larger Eden. So, now that cloud can power things like AI and machine learning, Karthik says companies can totally reinvent themselves. Take the retail shopping experience. The retail store of yesterday would rely on a well-attuned sales associate, someone who curates the store layout based on what they think people will respond to. They need to remember repeat customers, their style and preferences, all in order to deliver a personalized shopping experience and make sales. But Karthik says the cloud could process all of this information in real time. That retail store system understands who is shopping at that time, what are the user preferences, what products will sell, and what needs promotions and incentives for customers to buy. So that data, 
Who's buying what, how much of it, and why is all stored in the cloud. And the cloud can process that information and then tell retail associates what recommendations to make to customers, what items they need to stock more of, or put on the sale rack. All of that is running on a cloud platform. That's everything from basic everyday systems like keeping track of employee scheduling to the algorithm that curates that Mellow Monday playlist that plays over the store's dressing room speakers. They're all running on the cloud. The cloud continuum is going to be the operating system of the future enterprise. So Karthik says that a lot of businesses take a very cautious approach to the cloud. Nobody likes change, right? So they'll migrate data a little bit at a time. They'll launch initiatives one by one. But it turns out when companies take the full leap of faith into the cloud, as opposed to piecemeal changes, they see much bigger gains. We're not realizing the full potential of the cloud because they always had two speeds of their organization. One part that's moving faster, but that part is dependent on the other part, which is moving slower. It can be hard for companies to grasp how to make the shift from storing to operating in the cloud. It can seem like just one more thing they have to adjust to in today's constantly changing business environment. On top of it all, a lot of companies are still working with legacy systems, which makes that shift even more daunting. These legacy systems are running the business today. It's like asking a ship that is in the middle of the ocean, tiding through storm and waves to replace an engine and train the crew to operate that ship all at the same time. Is the feeling that organizations are going through with this cloud transformation? The fix? There's no way around it. Karthik says that taking the plunge into the cloud is the only way for companies to remain competitive. If organizations do not make the shift during this era of transformation, they would be left behind and their competitors will take market share and redefine the market. On the other hand, companies that adopted the cloud quickly and at scale, they're able to innovate faster. Things like creating personalized recommendation algorithms for their customers, installing IoT applications to predict when hardware would have to be replaced, or building new apps so that business can run smoother and faster for their employees. And here's the thing. Even though these seem like big changes, Karthik says it's all possible right now. I think we are in a massive moment of change for almost all industries. And all of this is getting underpinned by the technology evolution that cloud is bringing. Cloud has the ability to reimagine the health of the society. Cloud will have the ability to reimagine sustainability and how we all need to protect the world that we are living in. What I love about what Karthik was saying is that it points out that once you take all that data you have and you put it up in the cloud, yep. you can do all kinds of new things with it. Yeah. Like recently I had MP3s that I'd <laughs> ripped from actual mixtapes. Oh my gosh. Because I'm super old. But I found that I could dump them into software to automatically identify the songs cool. and dump them onto my streaming service. And now I'm sharing those playlists with my old friends from like high school and getting back in touch with all these people. That's super cool. But if you're a company, it does seem like it is a lot of work, right? Yeah. You're trying to make these shifts to move things into the cloud. It might be super hard to implement on a large scale. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of work. I, I agree with that. But as we've learned, it can be done with some discipline, perseverance, 
and apparently an awful lot of water, yeast, and hops. Exactly, Josh. So now we're going to go back to Copenhagen to learn how Carlsberg took the plunge. We had out-of-date operating systems. We had legacy hardware that was running out of maintenance or was going to need heavy investment to refresh. That's Carlsberg's Sarah Haywood again. Before Carlsberg transitioned to fully using the cloud in their business, they were in a bind. Their operations were still pretty analog and they couldn't keep up in the market. And it spilled over onto the beer side, too. In the Carlsberg Research Lab, their standard monitoring systems risked potentially spoiling beer or brewing bad batches. We had reached a point where we needed to make a decision, and we probably had two paths we could take. We had a more traditional, well-trodden path where we would just take gentle baby steps, or we could take the leap and really go into the cloud and enable all of the benefits that cloud actually offers. So Carlsberg prepared to dive in. The plan was to move all their processes into the cloud, their time management system where employees clocked in and clocked out, their sales platform for tracking inventory and invoicing. Everything was moving to the cloud. There is something to be said about, you know, it's this slightly sink or swim. It's hard to learn to swim if you're only paddling. And at some point, you have to get in the water and start to swim. With the cloud, I would say there's a similar analogy. There's only so much you can learn about cloud capabilities while you're only dipping your toe in or paddling on the shore. So why do companies stay paddling on the shore? The reason is relatable, because when you move all of your operations into the cloud, there's a moment when everything, ordering, payroll, brewing, has to stop. It's a bit of a hard transplant, I suppose. It has to be treated as a project with that level of respect, that level of kind of forward planning and discipline around how you're going to manage it. Because as we all know, you don't want your patient to die in the process. Much like all of the veins in our human bodies, a company's dated legacy systems are highly complex, interconnected structures. You kind of cut through the middle of that and lift those servers, those connections, that ecosystem of technology, and you move it into the cloud. And in the cloud, it operates slightly differently. You are basically stopping the heartbeat of your company for a period of time before you restart in the cloud. Sarah clearly remembers the day that this big migration happened for Carlsberg. The big migration was for our key Western European market. So clearly, without it, you know, we're not able to fulfill our orders. We're not able to take new orders and we wouldn't be able to take product from our breweries. We secured a window through a weekend to be able to switch all of the systems down and give us time to do all of the steps of the migration. The migration would take essentially an entire weekend. Carlsberg technologists were on standby for a full 48 hours to monitor the move to the cloud. All of those systems we mentioned before, those applications had to be taken off the internal Carlsberg server and moved into the new cloud server or spun up as a new cloud-based application. That early morning where we were trying to make sure that everything came up and that we were confident that we could release the systems back to the business was a very you know, tense period of time and knowing that there was probably a point in time where we would have to roll back if we couldn't get everything back up and running. But Sarah and her team gritted their teeth and crossed their fingers that their transaction system would work once it was in the cloud. 
the relief when we finally unblocked the system and the first transaction started to flow through and we realized that we were pretty much there and we'd managed to land the plane. It's certainly a, an experience that I'm not going to forget. So once Carlsberg had safely migrated to the cloud, everything changed. So all of a sudden, it's not one heart anymore. You know, it, it's an ecosystem that works together to give you that kind of robust infrastructure that you need. Now, Carlsberg's customer service team could do things like rely on chatbots to answer straightforward customer questions using the cloud-enabled power of natural language processing. That freed up time for sales associates to focus their brain power on higher-level tasks. But not only did the cloud overhaul all of Carlsberg's infrastructure and technical systems, it gave them the ability to do all sorts of things they couldn't do before, like quickly create an app to market their beer at a football game. It's opportunities like connecting with consumers at events, you know, maybe allowing them to vote on who they think is going to win or place bets that might reward them with a voucher or a token that allows them to get a free beer from somewhere or a discount. It's having more flexible technology and more agile technology that then you can customize to a particular scenario, to a particular event, without having the assets hanging over you in the longer term and the cost of having bought something that perhaps is only going to be needed for a finite, relatively short period of time. And that speed and ease translates directly to the technical process of brewing beer back at the Carlsberg Research Lab. I come from the country which you get very early interest in beer. This is Zoran Gojkovic. He's the director of brewing science and technology at the Carlsberg Research Laboratory. I'm educated as a scientist, PhD in molecular biology. I'm also brewmaster and uh, daily I work with the beer, uh, beer-related beverages, fermentation and technologies. When I talk about science, uh, people start running away. But when you start talking about brewing, and especially if you have a few good bottles, then you have a lot of friends. Brewing beer is an age-old process. And Zoran says before Carlsberg's cloud transformation, their lab monitored the brewing process in an age-old way, too. You know, in old times was a thermometer and your mouth. Now, brewing in the lab wasn't quite that analog. They used some electronic monitoring processes, but the systems were offline and not digitally connected to each other. So brewing was harder to monitor, and the process of brewing beer is one that requires fastidious attention to detail. I mean, Zoran is a PhD in molecular biology, after all. Our challenge with a good beer, if you really want to make good beer, you have to be careful with a lot of, lot of small things. Devil is in the details. Those are details like water quality, oxygen levels, and alcohol content. Especially for a company like Carlsberg that needs to create quality-controlled identical batches of beer at an industrial scale, monitoring the brewing process to make sure all of those elements are uniform and repeatable requires an assist from, you guessed it, the cloud. In the Carlsberg Research Lab, they're testing out that cloud-informed brewing process before implementing it on a wider industrial scale. So there is a sensor all over brewery. There are sensors all over production. You measure pressure, you measure, you know, vitality of yeast, you measure alcohol, sugar going down, alcohol up, pH going down, whatever. All that stuff gets collected, and then you actually have a big set of data which you then process. And you could see actually your performance. You could then go into really nerdy details. 
One of those nerdy details is yeast vitality. Yeast and the aromas and flavors it creates, from zippy and spicy to bold and heady, it's a vital element in determining the flavor of a beer. And Zoran says yeast is notoriously fickle. Yeast is a living organism. And just like us, yeast has a good day and bad day. And you cannot really ask yeast, oh, do you have a headache today? Then you, because you cannot ask yeast what yeast wants, what yeast needs, which mood it is, you have to kind of understand it and then you have to measure how much sugar would like, which temperature prefers. And because scientists in the research lab are able to collect all of this data from sensors and move it immediately to the cloud, they can get direct, super quick feedback about the mood that their yeast is in that day. We have a pretty good control of yeast. We could actually steer a yeast in a direction we want. We could also breed the yeast in the direction we want. Being able to steer their yeast means that in the Carlsberg Research Lab, they can shorten the time it takes to fully develop a particular strain of yeast for a certain flavor of beer. And that means potentially developing and getting beers to market more quickly, even creating completely new flavors from season to season to fit evolving consumer tastes. There is always like a summer Spanish hit. There is always something different every summer. So, you know, if people say, I would like a cherry, oh, I would like a grapefruit. In the old times, it was very difficult to have anything ready for that. It takes so long time to develop yeast. You could do it now. It's, it's instead of years, it's shortened from several years to several months. And that is, of course, technology plays a big part. And besides speeding up beer recipe development, in the Carlsberg Research Lab, their cloud-informed approach to brewing could also make the brewing process more efficient and repeatable overall. Those sensors that are monitoring all the little details of the brewing process, like yeast vitality and oxygenation, they feed that data into the cloud so that the scientists in the lab can actually predict how a batch of beer will turn out. So if it's not going to be fresh or the right flavor, they can interrupt the process and start all over again with another batch before they've put too much time and energy into the failing brew. Maybe compare it with the driving car. Start driving, accelerate slowly, you pick up a lot of speed, and then you don't want to drive it in the wall. You will start braking. In this metaphor, Carlsberg's cloud lets the scientists in the research lab drive fast. They're able to see a wall coming from miles away and drive around it. It means, actually what it means, it's a better beer. Moving now from the Carlsberg Research Lab to the next phase of beer consumption, sidling up to a bar to enjoy a cold beer, Carlsberg has created DraftMaster, a cloud-based dispensing system that uses IoT, the Internet of Things. Here's Sarah Haywood again. As we're dispensing the beer in a bar, all of this data then is captured by sensors on the equipment. You would know how fast the beer is being dispensed through the lines and through the tap, how much by volume has been dispensed. You could also have temperature sensors to tell you what temperature the beer was. And then through a gateway is relayed back into the cloud, which allows us then to gather that data at a more macro level to understand what trends do we see. That data makes it so that Carlsberg can track inventory in real time. If a certain kind of beer is selling really well at a bar, they'll see that. They can offer more kegs to the bar so they don't run out of the product their patrons are clamoring for. On top of that, Carlsberg's cloud technology can even make sure the bartender is going to serve you the best pint possible every time. 
That's because those IoT sensors we mentioned keep track of metrics like temperature and freshness of the beer inside the keg. Making sure that for, you know, as you come into the bar, everybody wants that pint of beer to be in the right quality of serve, the right head, the right temperature. Knowing that that is fresh and that it's been stored and managed in the right way has a big impact on the taste of your beer. So if the beer isn't fresh or it's flat, your bartender will know that ahead of time and can remedy the issue before they pull you a lackluster pint. That is going to encourage your consumer to maybe drink another beer or at least walk away feeling that they got a really good pint from that establishment obviously helps them in terms of their footfall, their reputation, their ability to attract and retain their consumers. So now the cloud could make everything in Carlsberg's business operate better. From ordering the beer to brewing it, delivering it to the bar, and even pulling the pint. The cloud gives us a very, very agile platform on which we can build then processes, ways of working, collaboration tools. They help us to cater to all of these very different needs in terms of how people are going to interact with each other in the future. And ultimately, that's what it's all about. It's about people and how people are able to perform at their best and experience life at their best, and in our case, experience their beer at its best. And I think the cloud is a perfect platform to do that on. All right, I, I do not get to complain about the difficulties in scanning my old mixtapes after hearing what <laughs> Carlsberg did, because no. that is so massive. Yeah, it really touched every corner of their business and it opened up so many possibilities. Beer is something we may not really think of as using a lot of tech to make. Exactly. But now the cloud can make almost any process better. Right. Obviously, if you can use the cloud to make better beer, the cloud is not just for storing photos anymore. Unlocking cloud technology is totally key for businesses to stay competitive in the future, whether it's enhancing customer experience or making it easier for employees just to log into work from anywhere in the world. Exactly. We're at a moment, like we saw in the case of Carlsberg, where if you don't move into the cloud now, it's going to be really hard to integrate it in the future. And that's going to slow your business down. Yeah. And now I want a beer. <laughs> So to learn more about the trends in today's episode, check out the Cloud Continuum Report at Accenture.com slash Built for Change. It talks about more strategies for harnessing the power of the cloud today, like establishing critical practices to augment your technologies and to commit to the cloud so that your business can benefit from cloud technology in the future. Thanks to Accenture's Karthik Narain. And to Sarah Haywood and Zoran Goykovic for talking to us. Built for Change is a podcast from Accenture. More episodes are coming soon. Follow, subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review.